All right, welcome everybody to Diva Dads episode five. Hi. Hello. Hey, uh, hey. We, we have uh, certainly a, a little bit of different uh, setup today. We've got our guests right away. Instead of bringing them in, uh, we'll intro them in just a moment. I just wanted to thank everyone. We've been watching the views and seeing that everyone's kind of catching on to what we're doing and, and having fun with us. And we really appreciate your support and especially supporting the theater and our mission. So take it away, Rodney. All right. So uh, our special guest uh, this week is Dustin Kemp and Tyler Lewis. Uh, you may have seen, uh, well, you probably didn't see uh, Dustin too much on, during <laughs> Little Shop, uh, which was hilarious standing in line with them every, uh, each, each show because people would come up and say, I want your job because you just lay on the stage and drink, uh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, he's the voice of the plant. There, he's like, never mind, just let him. <laughs> so Dustin was the voice of the plant for Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, so that was his first uh, foray on the TTC stage. But we'll talk more about his uh, his experience on other stage. And you have seen Tyler Lewis in all kinds of roles, probably most prominently as Dr. Frankenfurter in the the Rocky Horror Show. Um, and then uh, they both have prominent roles in um, Tuck Everlasting, which is one of our next shows. So welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks yeah. for having, having me. Glad to be here. Um, I would like to also acknowledge that Tyler Lewis is the vocalist and co-writer of our theme song. Yes, he is. And I would love to hear just a teensy bit of that laugh. <laughs> Let's see if I can remember the words, even though I wrote it. Um, <clears throat> You know we're diva dads, they got the groove on. They're diva dads, they know just what to say. Because they're diva dads, you can trust them in the middle age. Whoa, they're diva dads. Yes. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> Right. Still not How's sure if I approve of that middle age comment, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that, that line can be attributed to Tyler. So, <laughs> how's everybody doing? Doing good, good, good week. I uh, got to go up to the theater. See, I got to see Paul early. Hadn't seen him probably since the bike trip. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, doing, doing for, I'm so, so, um, could be better, could be worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to segue into just some really quick Broadway news and Tyler might want to even chime in on some of this stuff. Um, so we all know Leah Michelle got her start in Les Mis like years and years ago. She was also in the original cast of Spring Awakening. She's been trying desperately to get back on Broadway in like Wicked, she's trying to do Funny Girl, all these things. Well, a previous Glee actress, Samantha Ware, came out with some very hefty accusations about what it was like to work with Leah Michelle back in the day. Um, turns out that it wasn't just Samantha, a whole bunch of her cast members have uh, come out to talk about how difficult she was to work with. Uh, it's a good lesson, it doesn't matter how damn talented you are, be nice, just be nice. Be nice to people and your life will be so much easier. And in 10 years, when you're famous, people won't come trying to drag you down on Twitter because you were a jerk. Oh, wow. Got that, Rodney? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Eva Burr. 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 Um, the other thing, and obviously uh, we're going to talk about this later, but uh, there's a 
a lot going on in this world right now. And being that we are a theater that is a house, a home, a family to all sorts of people, um, Broadway is a similar type of environment that is, you know, something that is meant to be a home towards everyone, no matter what race, no matter what sexuality, no matter who you are, it's supposed to be your home. Um, so given the recent events, um, a lot of Broadway organizations and Broadway as a whole is kind of getting some backlash for not talking because, you know, with this world as it is, not talking is a problem. It's now become a problem to not talk about what's going on. Um, so there have been so, some shows where um, diversity is really important to the production as a whole. Hamilton, Hadestown, um, Six is another one that have been very vocal of like, yeah, of course, hi, look who our people are, look who our writers are, that's, that's who we're here for. Um, there was one silly one, Wicked, who tweeted out a photo of, you know, a white hand and a green hand saying like, yay, love each other or whatever. Um, but they were recently outed for recycling that photo from like an anti-bullying campaign in 2016. So, <laughs> oh, like, man. No, that's, that doesn't quite work for us now. Um, but also, and this is something that I'd love for everyone to just Google, now that, hi, big spotlight on all these problems, um, people are coming out and talking about you know, shows and experiences that they've had, specifically um, the, the show of Frozen. Before it was a Broadway musical, it was a show that was put on, kind of almost a Frozen Junior type show, was put on at Disneyland. And one of the actors that played Hans, Cooper Howell is his name, has come out and talking, talked about how joining the show and the initial director was this beautiful experience because yes, let's all bring on the love, let's celebrate these characters no matter what you look like. But then there was a real heavy shift when um, another director came in. Um, and so he's getting to, I mean, tell all the tea <laughs> about that type of experience. Um, did y'all, who watched Glee? I watched Glee. Uh, a little bit. Who's, who's taking just like a teensy bit of pleasure watching what's <laughs> happening to poor Leah Michelle? They're they're coming for her on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Amber Riley. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Her tea sipping. Alex Neal spoke out about it too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like. She's to me a voice of a generation. She's just one of the most ridiculously talented voices I've ever heard. And so it's so disappointing when it's like you can be as talented as you want to be, but don't be a jerk. Yeah. That's you were awesome. also, you were talking about the, the productions uh, kind of either backing or not backing their, their actors. And yeah. uh, this is kind of a diva dad uh, tie-in because John Boyega uh, spoke out in, uh, in London and he, he even said, I may not, I may lose my job. I may not be able to get a job or whatever. And the Hollywood community has really kind of stepped up and back, backed them up. And there's, you know, lots of tweets from, from directors and production companies and Star Wars themselves, the company, like the, the entity within the entity of Disney, um, you know, came out and said, no, we, we definitely support what you're saying. And you don't have to worry about losing a job for, for speaking your truth. So that's pretty awesome. I'm excited for all of those statements and all of this outward vocalization of support what's going to be interesting is watching it a year from now where the actions are is anything going to change are you know our movies right. casting whatever you know are we going to change as a theater what what are we going to do you know that's it's it'll be interesting to see of when the talking stops and when action starts right definitely so for that we need a drink rodney ah it's time for a cocktail 
We, uh, you know, we need some music for this. Uh, I'm, it's just a hint since we have a mu some musicians on. Oh, I just let everyone else write the music for my show. Well, Damon, you have all those guitars in the back. Why don't you? <laughs> oh. do I think they're only used when Brandon comes over. <laughs> so you ain't a real musician, is what I hear. <laughs> is that oh. Okay, darling. Uh -oh. oh my! Oh my! We have um, we have cocktails this evening. Um, it's going to be <laughs> fabulous because we have some fabulous guests today. Um, I was inspired. Um, and I'm going to call this um, the the diva shock do 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 diva shock do do. No. Anyway, right, so we're going to have uh, ice. It's ridiculous in here, guys. <laughs> Dropping ice on the floor. All right, so I'm going to make a double because it's. Almost Friday. <laughs> I want to. All right, so you're going to start. Since I'm making a double, I'm going to start with uh, three ounces of spiced rum. This is Sailor Jerry. That's delicious. What's wrong with Captain Morgan? Do we don't like him anymore? What's wrong with Palms? It's $3 cheaper. <laughs> Sailor Jerry? I've never heard of him. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you're going to add some blue Caraco. This is actually called a snake bite. No, not snake bite. That's a different drink. Shark bite. Shark bite. So that's why I changed it to diva bite. So ounce and a half. Remember, I am doubling this. So, you know. <laughs> Rodney, is it diva shark or diva bite? Diva bite. What did I do? Oh, you said, I said diva shark. Uh, shark. Do, 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 do. I, I don't know what this dance move. I thought the shark was cute. <laughs> oh man. And you talk with sweet and sour. He's about to triple it. Is he even measuring at this point? <laughs> you really need to uh, measure sweet and sour. It's just what you put on top, Mike. All right. So then you take your uh, spoon because you want your grenadine to go to the bottom. Oh, like blood. Very like nice. I said, short bite. This took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least it's not milk. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, why don't we change this cocktail's name to Mike Bite? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And there you go is your Steven uh, Shark Bite. Cheers. Very nice, sir. I should probably stir it. <laughs> That's all sweet and sour at the top. <laughs> okay, we're ready. We're good. So I, I just want to uh, point out real quick that uh, Maddie, last week, it was my birthday, she came by very late in the evening and brought me Jameson Black Barrel, which is my absolute favorite whiskey, and I just wanted to thank her publicly instead of just, hey, thanks. Uh, she's a great kid. Look, she's amazing. We have another birthday today, don't we? We do. Who is that, Rodney? Haley Zavadny. Haley! Happy, happy birthday! birthday. Happy birthday. I would have preferred that than the Marcus birthday I got. I, maybe. <laughs> Y'all, he didn't know who Marilyn Monroe was. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think what did he just ended up doing a baby voice? I don't really know. We did film it, but yikes. 
Hey, there she is. Um, so normally, you know, what we do is um, there's all sorts of, you know, segments that we kind of go into and then we intro the guests. Um, and this one's going to be a little bit different because we obviously you guys are here with us from the beginning. So we wanted to say hi and keep you on. Um, but we've got a lot of questions for you. But just because we've got both of you here, which we're so excited to have, um, we want this to be more free flowing. So we do have questions. But if we get off somewhere, we want to keep talking. Like we just, again, we want to hear from you and hear what you guys have to say. And I'm excited for this conversation. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. All right, I will kick it off with right. one of our uh, questions from, pro we probably need to name her as like a special correspondent because yep. she's always comes in in like a clutch with um, great questions. So this is Miss Shannon Van Zant, and she would be interested in hearing about uh, you gentlemen's experience of discrimination, especially but not exclusively related to performing theater uh, to the extent that you're willing to share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Tyler, you want to you start? <laughs> um, sure. <clears throat> um, I would I would say that in terms of my discrimination as a um, performer, it's it's more so um, less about race and more about what we call type, because um, it's it's difficult for uh, a gay man in makeup to show up to an audition and uh, be seen in uh, a different light other than that. Um, so I would say that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. And not only that, but like, cause I've talked to friends who are a part of the, the theater community and it's always been very, um, I've been very, uh, I've been compared to like Alex Newell. Um, and I've, we've had the discussions of, but I'm more than that. And not that that what he is or whatever is, is a bad thing, um, but it's like I bring more to the table than just, you know, having a high voice and wearing makeup and, you know, sometimes presenting female, although that's not the intention. Um, and so that, that's been the most difficult thing is having people be able to differentiate the aesthetic from the person um, which has, has been a struggle. And I talk about it all the time. Um, to kind of piggyback off of what Tyler said, it, there, um, especially being, being, being black, being queer, like it, there's a, there's a type, um, that is, I would say is more accepted than, than, than the other. And, um, I don't go off on a tangent, but I will say that for me, um, not so much theater, but just just in performance in general, I think that I've I've always had to kind of um, dumb my talent down because um, I, if I walk into an audition or I, or I you know or my band was somewhere, it was always as if I thought I was better than someone else just because just for me being who I am, you know, I'm 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 flashy, you know, or I when I was on stage I was flashy and I. I was just kind of over the top, but that's just what I knew, you know, and I, I felt like, you know, some of my inspirations are um, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, um, uh, Prince, and so I wanted to be like them, and they were, they were over the top, and so um, in Austin, because the music scene is, is it can be real um, uh, clicky, I, I think that I was always seen as the guy who, who thought he was all that or doing too much, and so 
um, there was always this type of this silent competition between me, um, even within my bandmates. That's a whole other story that we can talk about um, some other time. But um, I just felt like I had to dumb my talent down because it, it, it seemed like others either didn't want to rise to the occasion or thought I was doing too much, you know? I think it's interesting that you say that because I've actually had that happen to me before as well with two friends. Actually, one is of color and one is white and they have both asked me on numerous occasions to like perform with them or do like projects with them. But I have to do it within a limit in terms of my vocal ability and agility so that, and these are their words, not mine, so that their friends wouldn't talk about me more than they would talk about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because as performers, performers are encouraged to have confidence and, and encouraged to have presence. And so it's so counterintuitive that you felt the opposite because normally, you know, I'm thinking about these kids that we're working with at the theater every week. We want them to have presence and have confidence and stand up and say, hey, I'm here and I have something to show you, something to say. It's disappointing to hear that that is being actively discouraged. So follow-up question is that is, um, you know, how does performing or, you know, just being on the stage um, help you cope with some of those um, some of those things that you receive as far as the uh, discrimination or other other instances like that um, I would say for me and this is not a positive thing uh, it actually helps it doesn't help cope but it helps to mask mm -hmm. uh, because in that moment I'm not myself I get to be someone someone else um, and so it's like, I don't have to deal with those issues or comments or whatever directly because it's, it's not Tyler up there. It's Frank or uh, Isakar or whomever I may be playing at the time. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't come to that place in my life where I've been able to use theater or performing to cope necessarily, um, but I've used it more in terms to like hide and mask because mm -hmm. once you come off the stage, you're back to, to who you are and those issues are still there. And it's unfortunate that that's the case, but it, it is what it is. Man. <laughs> That just hit me really hard because so a lot of my experience, not so, um, you know, my y'all, I've talked to y'all about my background. It's not so much in the theater than it is in, um, you know, um, music performance. And and um, when I got on stage, I could have, um, we don't have enough time in the day, child, to tell y'all about the things I would endure before I hit the stage. But when I hit the stage, it was all smiles, you know, whipping my hair. But when I got off the stage, it was over. You know, on stage, I could forget the horrible things that were said to me. Um, I, I recall, I was just today, I was thinking about, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be shady, but there's, there's, there's a person, um, who lives in, in Bryan College Station. Um, when I was in, I was in, uh, college, I was in Century Singers and, um, we had a showcase and this person whispered to our director that I looked like Mr. Bojangles. And if you know anything about Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles was like a butler type, you know, and, you know, during, you know, uh, and but but this person is is a pretty pretty you know pretty established individual you know in in the Bryan College Station community, and he he treats me really well, but he probably doesn't even remember that he said that, and it stuck with me, it stuck with me for years and years, and I was just 
I was talking to one of my friends today and he reminded me of that. And I remember when he, when he, when he whispered to the director that I like to Bojangles, I still had to go on stage and perform at the showcase and I had to put that out of my mind. So for about three minutes, I didn't think about that. But when I got off stage, I remembered that and I remembered the hurt. Um, so, so Tyler is right. It's not necessarily a positive thing all the time. I get on stage sometimes to, to be someone else, you know, sometimes I get on stage to be, to wear that mask. Yeah, I completely agree. Are there roles that not, maybe not so much as a mask, but help you kind of work through certain things? Like, I mean, specifically, I'm Dana, I'm thinking about you and Mama Mia. Like, I felt that you worked through stuff and thought through stuff because of the role that you played. Do y'all have any of those that, that you can think of? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, it, we haven't even done it yet, but, but so time with Angus Tuck. I can't even make it to, through the part where uh, left to drown in my prime or like this big, big harmony. I cry every single time because I think about the time that we've all been granted, you know, and, and I, I said this when we first started, um, you know, the, the casting and reading the scripts for, for um, Tuck Everlasting, this, this piece, this, this uh, musical is so important and it's so timely because we, you know, we've been granted a certain amount of time and we need, I, I want to spend the rest of my days living, you know, in that moment and, and being and cherishing others. So I think getting to know Angus Tuck has been the, the best thing for me, especially during this pandemic, you know, um, when all I have really is time sitting here at the house. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would say um, getting to know Angus Tuck and really trying to, to establish his character and build his character has been it's been monumental for me because I, I never play, I never played a daddy role before, you know, so <laughs> this is, I'm coming into my, you know, paternal uh, instincts, but it's, it's, it's wonderful for me. Yeah. Perfect timing to join this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think for me, uh, Frank was that because he is so confident and he just, the, the world is his um, and y'all just live in it. And so to have, not once but twice to be in a role where you know the world was mine and everybody else just lived in it was great and you know a, a lot of the times people think that's the case for me as an individual anyways <laughs> just because of the way I carry myself and my confidence but that's not that's not I won't say it's a facade but that's it's not very that at all for me uh, but to kind of go off of what Dustin said the Tom Quartet is my favorite song and Tuck Everlasting. And so the line um, that Angus says about, I look forward to you every day, every year, is okay. something that I hope that, you know, others, especially in the theater community, will say to me one day with the talents that I bring to the table of like, we look forward to you. You, you have something special that, you know, you bring and and have brought to the table that no one else in this world can can take away so yeah can i can i just say like i i love that you you used frank as as your example the way that you own that um was like you it, it was very i don't even know what the word is but but when you turned around that last time and you turned around and looked at us before that last Oh, like hold it for like a minute and a half and you said breathe bitches i was like you got it like whatever you want so so 
I can't speak for everyone, but I can say that, yes, you have already had that impact on me that I'm like, I will, I will go, go blue in the face holding that note as long as I can for you. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get all poof, but man. Well said. Both, both well you, said. Man. Hey. Wow. It's my question though. So we're going to switch <laughs> gears uh, a little bit because I have been privy to uh, the Saditi biscuits that were cooked at my home. Um, they are fantastic. Uh, Miss Catherine Thomas wants to know, uh, what is your favorite thing to bake? Oh, man. <laughs> so I bake these cookies. They're called Sweeties. Um, they are they're native to Lake Jackson, Texas, um, home of the Mosquito Festival, <laughs> but they're they're essentially they're 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 very it's super soft. They're almond cookies and they're pink. They're they're traditionally pink, and I bake those. I have a I have a tube of dough that I made um, from the, earlier this week. I make those all the time. They're my comfort cookie, um, so it's my favorite thing to bake. I got you. I got okay. you. <laughs> you don't live all that far, so. <laughs> I just wanted to make it very clear that I've asked Dustin to bake for me on multiple accounts. Hold on, let's because we don't want to we don't want to duel on here. So let me tell you, let me tell you about my love for for Tyler first of all. Um, <laughs> like I just texted him and he ain't even respond. So we, we'll talk about that later. But um, very shady. But um, <laughs> pandemic. I'm gonna bake for you, Tyler. I'm, you know, I never know when you're in Navasota or in Austin, so I can't just. <laughs> I can't just guess, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make a whole cake and you're not going to be able to eat it. So. Oh. Work on that, okay? <laughs> Tyler, do you bake? Here, I'm around the corner. <laughs> um, I don't bake. I used to like baking, but uh, why not have other people for No, no, let me. Tyler bakes. He, he sets that face, let me tell you. Right, right. It's clear. He bakes, okay? Okay, he bakes. I watched Tyler. I watched him, like, I watched Tyler on Facebook, like, he did a good job. <laughs> Rodney also tunes in for those face those makeup tutorials sometimes. I do. I'm still waiting for the one that I requested, by the way. You are correct. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, night we making a list for him that he hasn't answered a text. He still hasn't done a video. Mm -mm -mm. Oh no, it's not. I'm not shading. Uh, I'm just love you, Tyler. <laughs> all right, I have I have a question for Tyler and a question for Dustin. But since we're on the topic, I'm going to go talk to Tyler first. So you mentioned your you what you are referring to now is uh, Amina facade of your presence, your confidence, who you are, and you know I'm going to echo Dana with you as Frankenford and Rocky Horror was hella inspiring as a woman because <laughs> you wore things and heels that I'm like I <laughs> could never, <laughs> but I want to know like growing up like when did Tyler Lewis become Tyler Lewis and like who you are today. Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, <clears throat> so I would say that who I am today, what, it was a journey. Um, so growing up, I was the normal boy, whatever you want to call it. 
um, played sports. I played football up until sophomore year of high school. And that's when I discovered that I wasn't going to go to the NFL. Was I good enough? Maybe so. But, you know, <laughs> I wanted to be a performer, honey. Um, and so that was out there. Also, fun fact, I was a power lifter. Yes, me. Um, <laughs> um, but going, I started seeing, it was my freshman year of college at Sam Houston when I was a theater education major. Um, and, uh, I started seeing, you know, the Patrick stars of the world. And at the time, Jeffree Star, um, and, uh, Mac Daddy, Angel Marino and all of those people. And I was like, you know, I, I'm here for this, whatever this is, whatever this means, um, is something that, you know, I'm interested in, in doing. And then it just, it became an entity of its own. Whenever I look like this, it's, it's. I've called it my alter ego, which is Ray. For those who don't know, that's my middle name. Um, and so when I'm like, oh, I call it getting uh, getting dressed up is what I call it. And so I'm like, oh, when I'm dressed up, honey, Ray is here. Um, but that journey, it took a lot. Cause I mean, you have to, you have to understand that now it's a little more acceptable, but to be a man in makeup and to go shopping in the February 21's women's plus size section, uh, all of that was just, it was crazy. Oh, the first time I went shopping was, it was a time. I mean, cause that's like, I used to wear makeup and beard, like who let me do that? Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a journey in, in having open and honest conversations with people about who I am, what this means. Um, and, you know, being questioned about, well, are you, are you transitioning? Do you want to be trans? Do you want to be a woman? This, that, and the third. And it's like, why can't I just be Pardon my language, a pretty bitch, and not just be that. Um, and and so that's that's where we are now. We're and a pretty bitch. You grew up in Navasota, yes. Yes, in in small town yep. Navasota, Texas. And that's that was what I am so amazed by. I mean, the the strength that you have to say, this is where I live, but I'm gonna be me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, and I, I attribute that to uh, my upbringing. Like my mom, grandparents, um, all of that have always encouraged me to be my own person and to do what what makes me happy. Um, and so to say, you know, I'm from Navasota or I went to A&M and this is what I look like has been, people were really shook by that. They're like, how is that possible? But it's literally, I've always been encouraged to do that. But make no mistake, <laughs> there, there, there were issues of what is this? What's going on? Uh, you can't be putting that on social media, being a makeup and all that. that that's that been a thing as well. But because I've already had been instilled to, you know, or been encouraged to to do what I want, then I'm very just I'm very so like your problem with my social media is not my problem. Beautiful. Well um, Dustin, okay, so something that we found out pretty quickly is that you and I almost overlapped in college. Like we were there yeah. for a while at the same time. So you've been in college station for tell me how long? So I came to college station in 2003 and I left in 2008. Um, and then I, I came back in 2015. So yeah, we were we were we were ro rolling around each other. As a matter of fact, when you lived um, close to College Maine, I was living on Orange Circle, so I was very close to. And then, and then Megan, who did my tattoo, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
we are connected. <laughs> but my question for you is, so you, you just confirmed that you've lived here since 2003. I get it. You left for a while. Mm -hmm. How is it that you only auditioned for the theater company in 2020? Child, listen, when I was, well, did you stop, Tyler? <laughs> when I was, you were in Navasota, so. When I was here, I, I was, so I was in Century Singers and I, I ran track my fresh, the first semester of my freshman year at AM. I was trying to be in everything. I was in apotheosis. Um, I was, you know, I didn't really, I think for one, there was a, I, there was a little bit of fear about, about branching out to do, I, I did, I, I did theater in high school um little travel horrors and i got my redemption uh, that's a that's a long story but <laughs> just know that i got cheated out for audrey too and george prince i, mean, I still got beef with you bro tell the team but you know and so I, I took the singing route actually i got kicked off the track team because um i was in too many singing organizations and the the, the track coach the hurdle coach at the time was like it's either singing or track take your pick and i was like bye like see you like I'm done. So I was involved in a lot of music and then I was in a fraternity. I am in a fraternity, but we were very busy. So I wish I I, I knew that the theater company existed, like what? but I didn't but I didn't know, you know, how to get involved really. So that's my that's my excuse. I too knew the theater company existed. Fun fact, I used to go to the theater company, uh we would go on school field trips when I was in like sixth grade to the theater company. But what the hell took you so long? <laughs> Well, you know, um, Sam Houston wasn't the best theater experience for me. And so I, I, I decided that mm, I was done. But well, here we I, I'm Can back. I ask about Sam Houston? Yeah. Um, so ultimately, the, the program is not designed for people of color, if we're just going to be completely frank and honest. Um, I feel like they don't have... I guess the understanding, uh, the faculty, I'm not sure what it is, what they lack, but to, um, there's only a select few that were, especially in the musical theater program, there were a handful, um, which is nothing new there. But to be in a program where you weren't really um, nurtured like others were, um, and, and to have all this fresh new talent come in, especially in, at the time, my sophomore year, the freshman class, and to see so many talented faces just continue to get overlooked because they had, you know, their favorites or their staples who have been in, in programs uh, or been leads in shows since their freshman year and that they were in a lead every semester. And so then, you know, they go off to New York and do nothing. And so it's like, you know, the, the time away from the stage is where you really develop and hone in on your talent. And so if you're constantly in a show as a lead, you don't really have that time to nurture that. And so that's where you, you have all these fresh faces and all these new talents that you can really make something out of. And they didn't really use that to their advantage. And then going in when I did audition for the musical theater program, and not saying that I was a shoe in, but to get a rejection letter and then we reach out and be like okay like what what did like feedback what could i have done what was i missing and then to get silence on you know the ends of the department head and the the head of the musical theater department um and then to see them in person and then they'd be like oh yeah i, I need to email you back and then we email them again and be like hey you know 
I, you said you're going to email me, what's up? And then to hear nothing, I was like, yeah, it's, it's just time for me to go. Like, it, I can't, I can't be in a situation where, you know, the black and brown kids are not cared for like the others. Well, regardless of how long it took you guys, I'm very glad that you both found us eventually. Glad to be here. <laughs> Have you guys found um, found it difficult, uh, or what? What is the most difficult thing about uh, joining our little uh, theater community, the TTC theater community? This is actually a question from Brittany Green. So, go ahead, Dustin. I'll let you have it. <laughs> um, I would say it's just. Um, just getting to know people. So, so let me let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all a little story. Uh, he know he know. So there's this okay, with with black men in theater. You know, sometimes, especially a lot of times, you you think that you're gonna be the only one. So see, I walk into this audition for a little shop of horrors, and I see this uh, this another black guy, and I was like, mm, I remember him. And so <clears throat> walks. Dustin walks over towards the black guy. Hi, how are you doing? You know, he's like, I'm fine. Just the coldest shade, y'all. Woo, the coldest, <laughs> drink that tea. The coldest shade, the coldest shade. So I was like, I was like, you know, and so I, um, when he sang, I said, oh, you sounded really good. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, uh, well, there's that. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, you know, but it's just, I think we were both like, like trying to, figure out each other's powers or superpowers or just like, you know, he got a, he can squall, you know? And so we're kind of just, we're sizing each other up. I think that's what it is. It's getting to know people and breaking that, that shell and just kind of, um, I think that the, the person who was probably the, um, the most like in my face, she's like, you're going to get to know me was Brittany. Brittany was <laughs> like, you're going to get to know me. So yes, it's me in your face, you know? And so she was really the, Brittany Green was the first person in the theater that we walked out to our cars together and I was like and she said oh yeah you ain't seen nothing yet and she was right uh, she was <laughs> right but yeah I think it's getting it's getting to know it was getting to know people but but <laughs> after the band-aid ripped off like you know I talked to Dana at length and then I came to Workday um and I talked to Rodney and it, it just it just really it it was really organic you know I didn't have to force anything that was the beautiful thing so it was in the beginning, it was difficult, but when I tell you, it, it's not forced. Um, no one in the theater um, is like, "Hi, Dustin." You know, it, it's everyone's just like, "What's up?" You know, I walk in, I'd walk into the dressing room and Rodney, the tastiest music ever in life. You know, and so y'all made y'all made my experience, you know, um, just so inviting. So it was just it was difficult in the beginning, you know, and and the. And the shade that Tyler threw was just, I mean, listen, this ice cold shade, man. We talked about this, so don't, don't turn your head to the side of the highlighter copy. Like, don't do that. In, in my defense, uh -uh. Um, every, for those of you who have worked with me, which is all of you practically, um, I be in my own world and auditions. Like, I just be, I be gone, I be zoned out. And so, in, I understand where Dustin's coming from, and he is right that it was very that, but it wasn't intentional. It was that, you know, I've already established relationships, so I'm very like, oh, hey, Taylor's over here, I'm gonna talk to her, or uh, Marcus is over here, I'm gonna talk to him, whatever the case may be. So it was very just in my own world and doing what I normally do. <laughs> 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 Dustin, 
Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I will say that um, I would I would have to say that 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 was kind of the same for me as well as just getting to know um, getting to know people and kind of establishing those relationships because TTC is such a huge family and so being like the new guy or the new person in the room is a little bit intimidating because it's like all these people already know each other and they're over here talking and so when you come to like you know the the first company meeting and all that it's like well who do I talk to luckily in in I had Andrew um with me at at the time um but I will say that Brittany Green was the very first person to reach out to me uh via Facebook and she said some very kind things about how talented I was um, and then uh, at our first company meeting, Taylor was like, I'm so excited to be your best friend. And in my mind, I was like, girl, we're just not gonna be best friends. But <laughs> turns out I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, I have a little follow-up question for Dustin. Do you remember that work day that you came to? Do you remember what my, what my uh, playlist was? I think I took you by surprise is the reason why I was asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I try not to draw, I try not to make assumptions. You know, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I was like, oh, I'm, this mush, this mush right here. Like, this is, I, I can't, I can't remember, but I remember like looking at you and being like, who the hell is this guy? Like, this is my music. But, and that's, but that's what made, man, Workday, first of all, I am not one with hammer and nails. But that's what made Workday so special because the music was good. So And yeah. you were really good with floral arrangements, we learned. Mm. <laughs> ben, Benjamin ain't here to, to defend himself, so we not gonna tell him. You remember you be Do you remember the name of the fake flower shop? I don't know if it was not nacho flowers or nacho something. Flowers. <laughs> Well, Dustin, I'm not one with a hammer and nails either, darling. I believe in paying people to do the job. So, go <laughs> to work day. Give me a paintbrush. I'll paint something. I'll move some things. But hammer and nail, I could never. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Diva burn. Brittany had more, right, Dana? She had luck. Oh yeah, there's. Oh, no, sorry, Broadway, like, Broadway. <laughs> so I, I want to kind of circle back to uh, y'all's past. Y'all both mentioned uh, singing on stage, but in a different capacity than theater. So what would be the biggest differences for the both of you in performing on a stage in front of people as just your voices or an instrument versus the acting piece and dancing thrown in? What's, what's the biggest differences there? Um, for me... <clears throat> I don't know if there is much a difference because a lot of what I do is very that. Um, I would say that it's the biggest difference, I, I guess, is that I'm not a particular character, uh, but I still believe that in a performance, you you have to act and perform, that, that, the word. Um, and so I would say that's the biggest difference is that I'm not a particular character. Like, I don't have a, an... Uh, a personality I'm just very myself times 50 million um, but there's still a message that the song has that I'm trying to convey to the audience and so I bring all the aspects of what I've been trained and, and what I've learned to do over the years to that performance so they're very they're they're more similar than they are different for me I would say that um 
you know, with this, with my first show, just being Little Shop of Horrors, I learned a lot about myself. Um, so with with my band, you know, there were there were some things that were very strict. You know, a lot of times I I, I felt like that I had boundaries. And um, this is gonna sound this may sound corny, but I'm I'm just being honest. Um, I found my voice singing Audrey II's part because I got to squall. I got to be raw and Adrian didn't put me in a box. She just let me do what I wanted to do and sing how I wanted to sing. And so even though I was backstage, I was backstage with that mic, like, 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 like I had a hundred million people watching me. Um, and so, uh, and also the difference is the vulnerability. Like, you know, we all have, you know, we have individual mics. And so I'm not, you know, you cough or you sneeze, like it's all, it's all being captured. And so being in a band, you know, I could blend in with the drums. If I, if I sang a wrong note, I could just squall it. But like, you know, it's being in front of people that are just watching you, every single thing. When, I'm, when I was, even when I was on that bench, I would do small things and someone would say, I saw you do this or I saw you do that. So I was very vulnerable, but honestly, um, you know, there's not a bunch of musicians playing behind me, you know, with loud amps and things like that. So your voice is, is, is really more stripped than anything. So I would say that that is the major difference. Um, and I just, I felt like more of a performer, even though I was not on stage when I was singing, I was backstage and I was still giving it 137% because that's, I feel like that's what the part needed. So it is, it is very different in that um, I feel, I felt more naked, um, more exposed, which, which helps me to sing harder. That's I funny wouldn't. you say that. I remember telling Adrian, like, my biggest problem in my first show was I don't have a guitar or a microphone to hold on to or something. I, what do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, she said, act. <laughs> That's crazy. But I want to touch on what Dustin said, and it, it honestly ties to that, Dana, is, you know, um, sorry, what Dustin and, and what Tyler said when you guys are talking about, like, performing with a band, and yes, there's a vulnerability to that, but what I'm so looking forward to, to seeing you both in um, Talk Everlasting, is you both are being stripped of a performative quality on stage. You know, Dustin with you just kind of having your own solo concert backstage in Little Shop, and then, you know, Tyler with you as Frankenfurter, both of you have been these very performative characters and with Tuck Everlasting you two are being stripped of that and you are becoming these very real and raw people and just like seeing what you guys have done so far and the read-throughs the scene work that we've done with Dustin and like you and the rest of the talks is really beautiful and I'm excited for everybody to, to get to see what what you guys are going to do with the show because it's totally different than how our audience has seen you before. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to show up, Tyler, because I've not been very good understudy. I'll be there, I promise. Good. good. <laughs> I, I had two, uh, before we go to the next question, I had two jaw drop moments um, so far at the theater company. And the first one was when Tyler Lewis, I believe it was the first year, Rocky, Rocky three, Adrian? Yeah. Yep. Uh, when you did the riff on um, I'm, going, I'm Going Home. And I remember sitting there and I was just like, uh, it was just a moment like that. I know Dana said he had a, uh, his moment and, and Dustin, um, you know, not knowing you and not, not being in Little Shop and then just literally hearing that you were talking about that raw rawness that you had. Um, 
I was sitting there and the very first time I saw Little Shop of Horrors and I, that just that rawness and, and that, that soul that you had, I was just like, hey, Adrian gets on me all the time because when I uh, go to shows, I either have the, the, the biggest smile or my eyes are wide open. She always, she always notices and she's like, I, you, you laugh the whole time you did this. And I mean, my jaw was just like, I mean, so those are the like two child. moments I, exa exactly, I'm just a child taking it in. And those, so for me, those were just two memorable moments um, I've had. And so anyway, just had to interject. Hey. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, Ronnie, what's I'll, I'll lead into moment? a question then. Oh, what'd you say? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, what's your memorable moment of me? I need to hear that. <laughs> No, the, I, I do remember uh, the one that, that Dana was talking about where you were, had us hold, holding on to that note for forever in, in Rocky Horror because I was, I was on top of that scaffolding and I had positioned myself where I was kind of hanging off of the rail mm -hmm. and uh, whenever you were like, take a deep breath, I was like, I'm going to pass out and fall <laughs> on the stage and it's going to hurt. So... Um, so yeah, that was that was probably that was probably that was probably mine as well. So and there may be a little clip of that somewhere that I think I saw, and uh, maybe, and I I like got all I was like, holy, yeah, thank you for making us do that, Tyler. Of course. <laughs> well, so leading to a question um, from Shiloh Barty. Um, how are you both just so amazing? <laughs> she wants to know. <laughs> um, first of all, shout out to Shiloh. She's my little angel. She's my biggest fan and I'm hers. Um, but um, I don't actually, so fun fact, although I'm a very confident person, I'm actually very insecure about my art and my voice and my acting. So I actually don't believe that I'm that amazing. Like I, I hear it all the time, but I still struggle to actually believe it. And I talk about that all the time too. Um, and I, I don't, I can't answer why. Um, but yeah, that's why I don't do a lot or like, like people are telling me like, oh, go audition for American Idol and all these like TV shows. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. But no, and that's because of my insecurities of my, my abilities. And you also know you're better suited for the great British, British Bake Off, right? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, so um, is, I'm, this, I'm just like Tyler in that regard. I, I remember the first song I sang, it was in church. Um, it was, it was a uh, yes, Jesus loves me. And um, so I kept getting more solos and the choir director who was the, the pastor's wife, she gave me another solo and I, I think I was eight and I said, you know what, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna really do this. <laughs> eight years old. And I had the microphone and the song was called Trouble Don't Last Always. And I riffed and, and ran, not, not, not good, not well. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, child. And my mom was sitting there on the front row and she put her head down. She don't think I remember that. My mom was just like, <laughs> y'all, it was the worst. Mm -hmm. I was just, oh, it was terrible. 
And so sometimes I still wonder if I'm, if I still have that little boy voice and people are just putting on airs, you know, like people are just like, you did good, you did good. <laughs> you know, and so I, I, I do, sometimes I do feel like, are people just like being like, good job, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah let him let him have a show or two you know I, I do feel like that sometimes you know because I will always be the little boy who sang at that old Baptist church in Cedar Lane Texas riffing and running I'm still up there riffing and running somewhere and the the pastor's wife was like "Woo, little Michael Jackson she <laughs> that's not what she meant that's not what she was she's really being shady but she was but she was sweet she's she still is a sweet person I wonder if she still thinks about that moment I think about it all the time so you know it's I think that it, it is an insecurity but you know I also believe that you know like Tyler I've been I've been blessed and fortunate to have a gift and I'm I'm a little insecure about it sometimes because it's special to me like my I think like I've heard Tyler I could I'll fa- I could fangirl on Tyler all day long I, I watched I watched his hardcore dynamics videos before I even knew him but um you know our voices are very unique you know I, Tyler has a very unique voice I have a very strange scratchy unique voice and so sometimes I don't always feel like it's amazing it's just, it's just some it's sometimes it's so different that i'm like what and it's also very southern too so it's kind of strange so yeah nothing wrong with that yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> all righty guys um go ahead, oh, did we skip one i'm sorry daniel no, no, you go, go for it let's go <laughs> all right all right here's an order of questions mike goes there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry guys. Alrighty, this is from uh, Carrie Kemps, and she says, "As queer men of color, what's been a surprising challenge and a surprising blessing navigating the theater world?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, we went real, real hard with that one. Mm-hmm. So, she also sends her love to you both. <laughs> I love, I love Carrie. Um, so. For me, for me, um, being being queer is first off. I mean, like I said, there's so many things we could, we, so many places we could go, and we don't have the time. Tyler knows, like, like being being black and being a grown up as a boy, you know, and and being different, like, you know, that that in and of itself was was hard enough. Um, I think that you know, like I said, I'm 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 really new to to the the theater scene, and you know, I um, I just always hope that um, whatever role I I get, it's a role that's based off of you know um, merit or my or my talent as an you know as a as an actor, and not because not to be you know like you know oh the gay one now I, I don't mind playing playing you know like <laughs> shout out to Greg you know what I'm saying I don't I I, I like. <laughs> I, I want to be able to play all kinds of roles and I th- but I think that um so all I can all I can base all I can base things on is my experience in the theater company with this short time that I've been there and I, I feel I feel like I have no limits I honestly feel like, like you know um if I do a good job you know at, at an audition you know maybe I'll get the part you know so I don't feel like I'm placed in a box and that's what I love um, about this, this, you know, this company is that I don't have to feel like, you know, I don't have to be one way or the other, you know, I, I can, I can play, um, I can play on my, my more, you know, macho types that I can, I'm able, maybe able to, to, to tap into that femme side, because that's, it's in me, like, they're, they're, 
it's all inside, you know, look at him, he, he a mess. Uh, but, <laughs> so I would say, I would say the, the blessing is not feeling like I have to be put in a box. That's what the blessing is of being, um, you know, a queer, a queer man in theater, which I have never said before in my life, um, which is good, you know, um, happy Pride Month. Um, I would say that the biggest struggle for me, kind of going back, is again just being put in that box of this is your type, mm -hmm. um, especially with the aesthetic that I present, and or or not knowing where to put me, um, because you know I walk into the room or to an audition room and look like this sometimes, or I don't, and so they're like, what do we do with with it? And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but like, what do we do with it? Like, there's just so many. Do we do we cast in a woman role? Do we cast in a in a in a male role? Like, what do we do? Um, so I would say that, that that's the biggest challenge for me is, uh, and I always question whenever I go uh, to an audition that isn't at TTC or some some place that knows me well. Uh, I'm always like, well do do I wear makeup? Do I not? And I feel like the fact that I have to question that is is not okay. Um, but it's one of those things that is what it is. However, comma, um, <laughs> like kind of going back off uh, to back up to piggyback off of what Dustin said, that's that's what I adore the most about TTC and what Adrian does is that TTC allows us to have no limits and to be limitless and to do whatever our hearts desires. Um, a specific example was um, Little Shop, which I wasn't in. Um, and that's no shade, but it was a scheduling conflict, I assume. Didn't live but <laughs> um, I, I was allowed, and I, I put it down, you know, with the hopes that it would be okay, but Adrian allowed me to audition to be an urchin. And so to have someone be like, you know, maybe this person could 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 play this role um, and allotted me the opportunity to just, you know, be seen um, in that role is something that I wish all theaters would do. And so that's why TTC is very special to me is because I've been allowed to be myself and show the world that, you know, if y'all want to put me on stage as a soccer, then do that. If you want to put me on stage as Meadowlarkin and Newsies, then do that. But if you also want me to play Jack Kelly, I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> One, I want to say that if there could have been four and if you had been in town and able to do that show, that would have been an epic group of voices. Yes. <laughs> it would have been insane. Um, but I, I do kind of want to segue because we're talking about this and this is something that I think I've struggled with ever since I've started, you know, having control over what our seasons look like and how we pick shows. We've always had this issue of there's these wonderful musicals out there, Hairspray, Ragtime, Aida, which we did anyways a really long time ago and we're not going to talk about it. We did have a Black Aida, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> She was amazing. Um, but there's these shows that I hesitate to include as part of our season because it feels like I don't have the resources. And I, you know, you don't want to commit to a show that, I mean, requires, I mean, if it's a show about a race, you know, about segregation and hairspray or about literal hate crimes in ragtime, there's no wiggle room with casting. Like the, the race is essential to what that show is about. 
so, but you hesitate to choose these shows because you, you obviously can't cast them incorrectly, but I, and, and, and I also want to caveat this was I'm not asking y'all to solve my problems with diversity. <laughs> like that's on me and that's on our community, but it is something that I think about all the time. It's like, I want to pick these shows. So you hope that, okay, I'll pick these shows and maybe the right people will show up or they'll see that we're doing these shows and they'll come, but then what if they don't? And then, oh no, we're in a really big pickle. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't want you to, guys to feel the need to solve my problem, but I would love to hear what you think because I would love more diversity on our stage. Would love it. I think um, that your fears of, of choosing, uh, for lack of a better word, fears uh, of choosing shows that deal with like race issues and stuff like that is, is a, a genuine concern to have. Um, like you said, especially when you don't have many black and brown faces that come through the door at GTC. And I don't think that particularly attributes to you or the theater itself. That's just more uh, for me. <clears throat> it, it comes with, you know, we don't really have a lot of representation for ourselves on stage or in film as it is. And so a lot of the times in our communities uh, or in our community, we don't think that you know we're able to do it or have the ability to do it because we haven't seen it done. And so to have shows, just to go uh, use Wicked as an example, to have their first Black Glinda like a year or so ago, like Wicked's been on stage for so many years. And for a Black long. woman, pardon me? It took that long. Right, like to have your first Black Glinda and she was an understudy, so she just happened to have to go on that night. Like, it wasn't a permanent position. And so, but it was a big deal, um, but for it to be on that long and then finally see someone that looks like us be in such a powerful role uh, was, was a great thing, but it's like, we, we still aren't seeing that unless you have the once on this islands where it's, it's all black cast or you have hairspray where it has to be, you know, black and white or what have you um and so i feel like the biggest step that you can take um is is just community outreach i guess um and and just to see what the people want what are they saying are there any is there are there any black and brown people who know about ttc and know the opportunities that are provided to them there know about the close-knit family and all of that because um, I'm sure that there are a bunch of people who want to be on stage and feel like they aren't awarded the opportunity. And so it's just about getting out there and letting them know, like, here's a home that you can come to that we want you at. It's not a home that, you know, you, you can come to and it's like, oh, well, we have to deal with you. Like, we, we are searching for you. Mm -hmm. And so that, I feel like that'll help a lot in, in that regard. Yeah, I, I echo, I, I agree with what Tyler's saying. You know, I think, so when I, when I posted pictures of, of uh, Little Shop, there were, you know, um, like even black students that I interacted with that didn't even know, they're like, wait, there's a, you know, there's a, a theater company? And I said, yeah, you know, and I think it's, it's that exposure. And that's why I, I, I like that, that we, you know, from what I've seen that every show in, you know, in the past has been, you know, blasted on Facebook, you know, and, needs to, in, and Instagram, we have to keep doing things like that because th there, are, there are pockets of people who probably just don't know what's going on you know and if, if they if they knew they would they would definitely be a part of it you know so um marketing guy can you take a notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Um, I have a question uh, from the lovely Miss Cynthia Bradford. Hey! Both of you know. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier, uh, some icons kind of got thrown around, but honestly, what are some icons uh, both in and out of theater that you two looked up to growing up? Um, and what artists might you suggest to introduce to her middle schoolers? Ooh. Yeah, it's a tough one. She's good. <laughs> if you need a second to think about it, this is yeah. funny. So last week's guest, Cameron Mosier, essentially wanted the same, he had the same question. And since they made out all the time, it totally makes sense um, that they would have the same sort of question. Uh, but yeah, Cameron also, who is someone you looked up to and why on stage and off? See, they're perfect together. She didn't need you three guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Another um, bird. I would say that on stage, um, I've really been, uh, interested in, in uh, or recently, and I don't know why it's taking this long, but like Lilius White and the work that she's done over the years is sick. Um, whom else? Um, I kind of hate to bring it back to Alex Noel, but I think what he's doing in terms of people who look like us um, is, is very important. Um, but not only that, like Shoshana Bean, uh, <laughs> Cynthia Revo, Mm. Um, it's it's just it it's crazy to think that there are all these talented artists out there who don't really get seen. Or um, who's another? Adrian Warren in in Tina. Yeah. Uh, she's sick. Like I, the first time I saw her on stage was uh, when Bring It On was on tour, and they came to uh, the Hobby Center. And that's the first time that I saw her work and I was amazed then. And then to see that show go on to be on Broadway and then to see her go on to do other shows and be in the West End and then come and bring Tina to Broadway. And I'm like, girl, how do you sing that role eight shows? Not even week? singing. How do her legs withstand the dancing that she does eight shows yeah, a week? Like, her dancing is ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, I would say in terms of offstage icons, um, oh, well, I'm technically she's kind of on stage, but Beyonce is my dream. Um, <laughs> the day I meet her, y'all can go ahead and get me a pine box, close it on, throw it on top, it's done, it's a wrap. Um, I would say, uh, and this may be cliche, but Cynthia Bradford, I love her with my entire whole heart. Um, her confidence and the way she carries herself. And, you know, sometimes she may not have the best day, but the fact that she's so vulnerable and open about that on social media. And uh, it, it, she's just an inspiration to just go and be yourself and be great. Um, and, and Adrian Sinead Dobson, like, uh, the work that she does at TTC and see her compassion and her drive to always want it to be the best in and to, to do what she knows talent can do. And to see her, because I'm not a kid fan, but to see her compassion for children <laughs> is insane. And I'm like, I don't understand how she does it, but it's a true inspiration. And I'm like, man, I hope one day that I can have the same compassion for children as Adrian does. Oh, that's real sweet. <laughs> um, I guess I would say, uh, you know, Growing up, I, there weren't many um, 
there were many, weren't, weren't many Broadway um, um, actors that I follow, but I, I again, um, Tyler and I have similar tastes, and I'm, I'm not trying to copy him, but but the first time I heard Cynthia Revo sing, um, it it brought me to like to tears. Um, and so, but not to jump across her, but Alex Newell, I heard Alex, what's that song? Mama will provide. And I could hear Tyler singing that song, like, cause I think he would have heard of that song, but I, I, I didn't know who Alex was a few years ago when I heard that song and I watched it six times back to back to back, you know, because he had this, this voice and he didn't, he didn't look like every male, male actor. He was, he was different and he was comfortable with, with wearing these, 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 you know, dresses and flowers and stuff. And I was like, who is this, who is this dude living his truth so, so vibrantly? And um, there's one actor, one, one, one performer rather. Um, so there was a troupe called, there is a troupe called Step Africa and they, they tour all over the, the world actually. And, um, uh, my fraternity brother Christopher Bryant uh, was a, a member of Step Africa. They 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 would show you different forms of of dance and and step, you know, um, and its origins coming from Africa. They're they're a brilliant brilliant troop of people. Chris Bryant he recently passed away like right um, right after Little Shop ended, and um, Christopher is was one of the most amazing performers. I mean, he never, 40 years old and had the, just the energy of a 12 year old. He had a, the spirit, you know, just that, it just, it kind of just, it just transports you. Every time you watch him, you're just like, man, how is this guy dancing like this? How is he stepping like this? And, and when he died, I, I told myself that I would become more serious about, you know, my craft because moving, leaving Austin and coming to College Station was hard, um, and I didn't know. Um, I felt like I was just kind of diminishing as a as a as a performer, and um, so coming into into Little Shop and um, and then Chris texted me. He texted me the Sunday before he passed, and just told me that he loved me and he and he was proud of me because a lot of our friends had come to see Little Shop, and so. Um, I, I I definitely look up to him now. Off stage, just like Tyler, Beyonce is just the queen of my life, and and, and and honestly, it's it's crazy because I, I it's it's not because she's just she's just so amazing and fabulous, but I I listen to Beyonce. I like to listen to to her music stripped of any instruments, just so I can like see she did this run, she did this riff, you know. Um, I think that she's the ultimate performer. Um, I, I love John Legend. John Legend is, I, I think that I probably steal from him. Like, I honestly, I I don't perform as myself when I sing John Legend songs. I sing John Legend songs as John Legend. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so and there's there's so many. I could go down the, a, a list of people, but um, it's, in terms of who I would ter um, turn the, the, the cheering zone to, um, Gosh, that's that's also tough. What have I been listening to lately? Um, I will say the my core, my foundation is gospel music, and the Clark Sisters are to me. I think if if you if you want to learn blending and you want to learn harmonies, listen to the Clark Sisters. The Clark Sisters are they they are Beyonce's favorite. They are every all my favorites. They love the Clark Sisters, and I I grew up listening to the Clark Sisters, and I think even I I learned. I don't have perfect pitch. I have relative pitch. I learned how to sing because of the Clark sisters. 
But the Clark sisters' harmonies are hard. Like I was, I, I was, um, I was with some friends yesterday who are also singers, and we were singing, uh, "Name it, claim it, it's yours." And uh, the the beginning part, the da, that part, I was like. And I'm a person, like, harmony is in my blood. I can hear it. And I'm like, cool. And I, even I was like, yep, I ain't got it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, man. Um, I've got a couple that are in here somewhere. We've bounced around a little bit. Um, Camilla Besselberg wants to know from Tyler, <laughs> who or what is your style inspiration? Ooh, that's Taylor that's Christensen. <laughs> I wish, but no. Um, I don't. I ew, oof. Like I, I'm obviously always on social media, um, but to see a lot of the, I, I like to see a lot of people who wear like couture get everyday fashions, like, and so that that's very my inspiration. I can't give a particular person. Um, but I um, I like to see people who like to take very expensive things and make them look like, not, not make them look, but very expensive things that look like normal people would wear them. Um, I've been trying to get into like this, uh, for lack of a better word, like hobo chic thing, like very Solange, uh, June Ambrose style, where you mix and match patterns. Uh, Mike. <laughs> I guess, but like when people have like floral with uh with plaid and I, I I haven't been able to do it for myself. I see it on others and I'm like, man, like I really like that. Uh but I haven't I haven't been able to do it. But my goal is to just is to just look good. And so I look at a bunch of a bunch of um fashion blogs and um fashion pages and stuff that and you know to see men in the, the fashion industry who don't really care about what gender clothing they wear. They just want to look good. Oh, what's his name? There's a man in particular. His name is, oh, Jesus. Dana Martin. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I can't think of his name, but um, he is, he, he's incredible. He's definitely one. He's skinny, so I can't wear what he wear, but, <laughs> you know, it's the thought that counts. You know, it is Camilla Busselberg that every time we're in a show together says, oh, girlfriend, those eyebrows, come here. Let me fix that <laughs> for you, because, so yes, your videos are extremely helpful, sir. <laughs> Um, so you guys talked a little bit about, um, you know, how it's, uh, maybe, maybe the theater company is not easy to find for whatever reason, maybe it's marketing. Um, but, um, they, we, David Manuel wants to know the series of fortunate events that, uh, brought you to TTC. <laughs> um, for me, um, during my time at Sam Houston State, they did, uh, the Rocky show with um, Blake Jackson played Dr. Frankenfurter. Um, his sister Lexi Jackson played Magenta, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so that was my first introduction to Rocky. And so the first show that I saw, I was like, what is going on? I was really taken aback. And I think it was funny because my theater mom, 
um, my high school theater director, when I told her that they were doing it, she's like, you should audition, like, you're perfect for the lead, blah, blah, blah. And so when I Googled it, I was like, uh-uh, this is too much. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is not for me. And so then um, I was a resident advisor at the time. And so I had some, some kids who were in the show. And so then the second time we saw it, I was here for it. I was living. Um, and so then I said that Frank was one of my dream roles. And if there was a theater, whoever did it, that I would audition. And so Andrew Armstrong and I were, were talking and he was like, yeah, I think they're going to do it, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. I'll keep you like updated. And so then when it was announced, I was like, done. I'm there, be there, be square. And I decided to be there. Um, and so that for me, having Andrew kind of introduced me and then me take my own path into or create my own path um, was, was, was it for me. Now, Dustin's story is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> been living in this town for for a little while, and I I was actually I was at home, and I don't know what what just behooved me to to say to ask the question. I wonder if any theater is doing Little Shop of Horrors in this town. That's the that's the silliest thing to even to even ask. But the reason why I asked that question is because I was. I was, I was jaded by the role that was stolen from me when I was 17, George <laughs> Prince. Okay, I'm always saying his name when I say that part. But anyway, I, <laughs> I, I Googled, literally Googled. Oh no, I searched on Facebook, Little Shop of Horrors Theater. And pops up auditions for Little Shop of Horrors that were going to be the next day. And I was like, you lying. And so... <laughs> so <laughs> So I, I honestly, I was, y'all, I was so nervous. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what song to pick. I, I was just, I, I was really, really afraid. So I, that's, that's when I saw Ty, I was like, I don't know who's going to try to go for, for, uh, for Audrey too. You know, I felt a little cutthroat, but I was trying to, I was actually, so this is, here's my, here's my, my tactic whenever I meet a person for the first time, you know, I try to play the, hey, how are you doing? Oh, it's nice to meet you. But really, I'm sticking my, you know, my fangs into you. I'm trying to figure out what you're all about. Tell the tea, girl. But Tyler, uh, he wasn't, Tyler wasn't going for that. He wasn't going for that. He was like, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, that's how I found I found the theater company. It's I random search. Like, there was nothing prompting me. I was like, search for Little Shop of Horrors Theater. And it came up. And the rest is history. It, I just think that's just wild that I searched and auditions were going to be the very next day. I think it's really funny because, um, you know, <laughs> there were some of us who were going for the plant. And um, whenever we went to, uh, when we, when we went through callbacks and heard you sing, we're like, okay, what's, what's another role I can have? What's I swear to God, I literally <laughs> looked at Rodney and Rodney looked at me and we were like, okay, well, I think I could be in, no. Okay, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm never confident until until I, I was not. I didn't know I got the part until Adrian posted it. I, I don't. When I go in auditions, I don't care how well I do. I'm just like, we'll see. You know, I I never ever want to be that person that's like, yeah, I got that. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna say I ain't been that way. Sometimes there have been times <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's mine. You know, but but when I went into Little Shop of Horrors, you know, like. I definitely want to humble myself with this new crowd of people, you know, um, because 
because you know I think when you're a director you know I can't get into Adrian's mind she might she might be looking for something you know that that I might not have given that that part so you know I think that that's that was one lesson for me that I learned that lesson after the audition is like always be humble because you don't you don't know like you know I, I think that directors are directors are unpredictable you never know <laughs> you never know what they're gonna do so I think it's funny that you say that because um just so you know Dustin I wanted to be an urchin anyways but <laughs> um when it came to to Rocky 3 like when I was cast I was I was real shook because I I was not expecting there were just so many people who I won't say so many. There were some who came in and I was like, yep, that's it. Yep, he's it. <laughs> and to see my name on the list, I was like, what has she done? <laughs> <laughs> and, and even throughout the rehearsal process, I was like, over oh, this person? But... <laughs> <laughs> I guess we made the right decision. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I gotta say, Lopos, man, in in the theater company, like that's for sure. Like it's just, I mean, she has Adrian had us all reading different parts, and like I was just looking at everybody, like y'all sound so amazing. Like it was, it was auditions. For little that, shop for me were that little shop audition. Um, you know, auditions are always hard, obviously, and they're always really competitive at the theater company. But usually by, you know, a certain point, all right, it's pretty clear to me and you just have to, you know, figure out some other things. Little Shop, I do not remember the last time I agonized because everybody, everybody was so good. For every role, there, I mean, there were just an absurd, like, abundance of riches when it came to the talent, um, the vocal talent specifically of that cast was insane. Yeah. Doesn't that just suck for you, Adrian? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a people pleaser. Do you know how many times <laughs> I leave auditions crying? The first one I had to do by myself, you can ask anyone on the Fiddler on the Roof production team, because I cried. And because we had 100 people audition. Mm. I just, and it, it, you know, when these are kids that I know and people <laughs> that I know, and it's awful. I cry all the time. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the time you got around to this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, Dana. <laughs> um, I think we only have a couple more questions uh, for you two. And it's, I say two. I don't know, it's stuff, something about, you know, uh, how do you decide to riff and where, Tyler? Um, that's from Miss Catherine Thomas. How do you decide to riff and where? I get all, I get this I get this question all the time. Um, <laughs> and the answer is always the same. I never know what I'm going to do when I do it. Um, usually, a lot of the riffs that I do just happen, and it's like it's a, it's just a feeling of it has to be a moment of um, an extended moment, I guess, to where I can add a riff because I'm not I don't I don't riff. I'm not a fast riffer like Jasmine Sullivan or Ariana. Like I, I don't riff that fast. I, it's just not in me. Um, and it, riffing, to my understanding, has to do a lot with the, the speed of your vibrato. And I don't have a fast vibrato, which I appreciate because goat vibratos are ugh, not it. <laughs> um, but 
Um, usually I, I just kind of do whatever comes to my mind and if it lands, great. If it doesn't, then I kind of re resort to what's her name, Natalie Wise and her breaking down the riffs. And so my mindset is always to just slow it down, see where we want to go um, and, and kind of do it that way. But I've also heard the method of seeing the notes on the staff in your mind. And so I use that method sometimes. I can't explain how to do it, but I, I, I do my best. Reading notes? Listen. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is I love you. To be reading me. <laughs> those of you who don't know what just happened, I can't read music. Adrian just read me for it. <laughs> That's a diva burn, if I see one. I love you so much. The things that you do with your voice blow my mind. And so during Joseph, when you'd had to miss a couple of, of vocal rehearsals, and I was like, it's okay, here's your score. And you're, all right, what do I do with <laughs> it? How, how do you do what you do and not read music? <laughs> well, because being in band, the instrument does okay. the work for you. I don't necessarily have to think of, like I can, I can read music in terms of like rhythms. Um, but again, playing clarinet, it's like, oh, here's the fingering, and I, I know it's going to be <laughs> most of the time perfect, like, because that's what the instrument is designed to do. But when it comes to the voice, can't help you. <laughs> and so that was my biggest setback, in my opinion, when I was in hardcore. Um, so that's why I liked to come to rehearsal prepared because if we learned music at rehearsal, it's, it frustrated me so much because I feel like I was behind. Um, and I'd rather everybody else feel like they were behind. <laughs> Good answer. Dustin, you've had a riff or two that we've heard on stage. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? So, I, I'm, gosh, Tyler and I are twins. I, no, but I, I'm, I, um, so for me, it's a feeling, you know, um, I'm not much, I'm not much into riffing. I, no, I, I'll tell you, sometimes I'll do a riff where I'm rocking around the house. I'm like, damn, I wish that was recorded. That was amazing. You know? <laughs> but to me, you know, and I had to come to terms with the fact that, that my, my strength comes from, you know, sustained notes and, you know, and, and my tone, you know, I, sometimes I envy, I, I envy people who can, who can do, you know, riffs and runs, but I realize that's just not who I am as a singer. I think that what I give comes in the texture of my voice. Um, and some of my favorite, you know, um, some of my favorite artists, you know, they're not really riffers, you know, like John Legend can riff, but he, you're not going to see John Legend, you know, going up and down the thing. But I like, like, like Tyler, I try to envision, you know, the note and I'll, I also drag my, you know, I'll drag a, a, a phrase out. And um, I also learn from, so I, I, back in Austin, I would ride around in the car with my best friend, Josh. And um, he always let me be Beyonce because there's no other person that I'm going to be in the car with him. Tyler and I are probably gonna have to have a fight about that. It's probably gonna, blood will probably be shed. But, um, but, but when I sing with, with, with Josh, you know, we always do riffs and runs and we don't challenge each other, but it just kind of just flows. It has to be natural. I'll never, you'll never see me do a, a hear me do an insane riff unless I truly feel it. So it kind of, it's like seeing that next note because child, I've done some runs and it, they didn't necessarily land where they're supposed to land. <laughs> but, but when you do that, the cheat, the cheat is to like growl at the end. So it's like, it, it's an emotion, you know? Mm. I just. My cheat would be to ask Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. If I do, if I do like a, a really insane run, it's probably not originated by me. I probably learned it somewhere and just made it work for whatever I was doing. Love it. All right, Dana, what's next? Uh, well, we have a couple of segments left. We are running a little long. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you. We got three things to do. We could probably knock them out. We'll just knock them out. So, dear daddy. Ugh. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna skip dear daddy. Okay. Now. Thank goodness. And we're gonna, we're gonna move that to, to after dark. Oh, um, that's not I, any I better. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go ahead with the, with the Roger Pine breakdown. I, I just it. told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're ready. You got it. So the show that I gave Roger Pine this week, um, Dustin and Tyler, if you're unfamiliar, Roger Pine knows zilch about musical theater. Um, so I'm giving him the picture of like the album cover and saying, hey, tell me what the show's about. And this week it's Promises, Promises. Sweet. All right, are y'all ready? Here comes the Roger Pine breakdown. Okay, Promises, Promises. I know nothing about the show. I've never heard of it, except that we have it on the wall backstage at Theater Company. I'm gonna go with, it's it's a madcap, uh, Three's Company style, wacky off the wall comedy uh, with relationships and stuff and uh, and love triangles. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I know nothing about Promises, Promises. <laughs> The best part is, y'all, he's right. <laughs> he's like, he pretty much nailed it. It's like a, this madcap, like 1960s office romance where the girl um, is is having an affair with her married boss. Um, but then there's like this lowly guy that works out at the office who's in love with her and they end up together because it's a musical. Um, but the fun thing about Promises, Promises is that it's all set to the music of Burt Baccarat. So like... Oof. you get when you fall in love like that is a beautiful duet on stage um it's yeah it's so silly like um there's a ttc cameo where someone asked for the turkey lurkey if i i guarantee who knows what the turkey lurkey is turkey lurkey is okay thank you it's just like oh yay this iconic do you know what the turkey oh shut up dana <laughs> this iconic iconic dance um, that actually Randy Wilson used to post. We post it, yes, every Chris, every Thanksgiving, sorry. Every Thanksgiving we would post it um, and we got to do that dance on stage and it was so much fun. We posted that video as a TTC cameo, but yeah, Roger's totally right. Zany, like Mad Men style costumes, love triangles. It's just silly. There's a song about basketball, like weird show, so much fun to do. <laughs> it's a great time. All right, so our last segment for the evening, uh, pretty much, is our Jennifer Riley's fun fact. Old Jennifer Riley, stage manager at TTC, several occasions. I will share my screen, maybe. And we always love her fun facts. Oh, I think you have to. Be the dad's happy episode number five. So before I tell you the fun fact, I have a question for you. What do you think the state sport of Maryland is? Now don't say it out loud, but after this segment, I would love for y'all to share your answers because I'm interested to hear what you came up with. But I will go on and tell you that the state sport of Maryland is jousting, <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> and that is the fact for today. Uh, in case you were wondering, the state sport of Texas is rodeo. 
So sending good vibes to all the diva dads and our guests and all the listeners and watchers out there. And I look forward to this week's episode and to speaking with all of y'all soon. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Dude, Justin. Oh. I was going to say badminton. Heck yeah, <laughs> dude. I was going to say bocce ball. It's Maryland. Yeah, bocce ball. um before we transition into just going on to the saying goodbye and all that um so like this last however long we've talked like hour and a half or whatever was really great and wonderful talking to you too um but you know one thing we didn't really get into and i'm not saying we have to right now or, or but um we didn't get into kind of what's going on today and i was thinking about it kind of over the last few minutes about you know that's why we wanted to talk to you too now we wanted to kind of give you guys a chance to talk about you know what was happening in this world how it affected you how it affects your journey in theater and how it affects your journey with us um and you know and the guys that i talked about this earlier this week of you know what is our role in wanting to do diva dads like do we do all this lighthearted, fun stuff like is that pretending like stuff isn't happening around us or you know do we do that because we need to laugh and like talk about, you know, silly lighthearted things and because that is important. Um, but what I, what I do, what I would like to do, um, and I, um, would like to host some form of like live, um, talk like I'd love for like you guys either we zoom or we meet at the theater and basically you know we can stream live from Facebook and I want to talk like I want to have a real conversation with you guys um and again and something else that I talk to you guys about dads and to Dustin and Tyler is it's not your burden it's not your responsibility to speak on behalf of your race of your you know your identity it's not your job to be a representative of the theater company, you know, as a black person who's part of our family, it's not your job. Um, but I think now it, it's not so much that we're wanting to make that your job, but we want to hear you because everywhere people need to be heard. And more than anything else, the lessons that I'm learning this week is to, well, I, I say this as I'm not shutting up right now is to shut up and listen. Um, and so, you know, tonight maybe wasn't that night to get into a lot of that heavier stuff, but I'd like to do that with you guys very soon. Absolutely. I, you know, um, and like, like I said, we don't, we don't have to, to, to get, go deep, you know, to, tonight, but, um, um, I, I, will, I will say that, um, I'll say quickly, I'll say very, very, very quickly that, um, you know, you mentioned that it wasn't, you know, our job, our responsibility. One thing that I'm, I've come to learn that I'm coming to understand about myself is that, um, protest looks different and 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 education looks different for everybody you know um i was talking to someone about how you know i feel very numb and not wanting to go out and protest um and um a mentor said to me it's not it's, it's not your turn she's like if, if you feel numb it's not your turn your turn is to is to heal and to take care of yourself and as she said that i completely agree with it but the one thing that i do have is a voice and um and and any opportunity that i have to express myself and my feelings and thoughts on what's going on and and hopefully educate you know others um i try now out sometimes i'm cheeky on facebook you know and i say i say things that ruffle people's feathers and I, I think i've done a really good job at draining the swamp so to speak all of my all of my high school friends have either unfriended me unfollowed me um blocked me <laughs> something like that but um you know i think that you know th this this place i'm going to be in college station for a while and so 
um, the theater company is home. And I think that it's, it's important that we do have, you know, lighthearted, you know, conversations, but we also, you know, have a time where we reflect. And that's what is, what is so important is that we reflect on, on our lives because we're all impacted by each other in some way, shape or form. It's not just, you know, okay, white people, let's follow the black people. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, we, we, we lead and follow each other. And I think that's the most important thing. And right now it's not, it's not necessarily white people's turn to, you know, to educate. It's, 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 it is our turn to say, you know, hey, this is what's going on, you know, and it's not a mean thing. You know, that's the, the thing about education. I think the people kind of grunt about it. It's like, I got to learn something new. It's like, be happy, be lifelong learners. This is an opportunity for you to learn something that, you know, I, I also think that it's uncomfortable. You know, I, I see, I see ignorance sometimes as a blanket, you know, and we love our favorite blanket. And then when someone starts to unravel it, by truth, you know, it's like, you're making me feel naked here. I don't like that, you know? And so we try to hold on to the threads that, that have comforted us for so long. And I think that's what, what the problem is. It's not saying that other races are stupid or they're dumb. It's just saying, this is something that you might not have learned. And here's an opportunity for you to listen to other Americans first, you know, like other Americans explain their experience. And so that's what I've been trying to do. And my favorite word is perspective. I use the word all the time. I don't, I'm not trying to tell someone where to be or put someone in their place. I just try to share perspectives. So I would love an opportunity to, to talk about that. But I can, a quick update. I'm just, this week I've just been tired. I've been extremely tired. And so coming to rehearsal, you know, at Zach's, um, those things are helpful for me because um, I don't see anybody in my life as an, as an enemy. And I mean, and, and, I, and that, and I'm, I use my words very carefully, anyone in my life as now, those people who are not in my life, like that's a different conversation, but the people in my life, the people at the theater company are people that I want to always, I, I don't feel, I don't feel afraid to, to, to say how I'm feeling. And people don't ask me questions about how I'm, how I'm doing with, you know, and just to, just to do it, just to be nice. I've genuinely had people, you know, around college station, but more specifically people like, um, McClever shoes, you know, and, and, and Brittany Green asking me like, no, like, like, seriously, like, what's up? You know, you don't, you don't have to answer, but just know that I'm here. And that's, that's what I love. You know, people who are just saying I'm here because sometimes the burden falls on us to have to always say I'm doing okay. or I'm not doing okay. Sometimes you just don't want to answer that question. You just want to just be so sorry. I'm rambling, but that's just kind of what's been on my mind. And I look forward to having a conversation about it. Um, for me, I, I agree a lot with what Dustin said, and I feel like the com that conversation in particular um, has to be an entity of its own because it's just so much um, teaching and learning and understanding that has to be had in that moment. Um, and I do appreciate the platform that Diva Dats is and, and what it's doing um, and the intention behind tonight's episode. Um, but again, with that in particular, there's so much that has to be digested um, that I don't think an hour, an hour and a half, however long we've been going uh, would do the, that moment justice. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but what I do think is, is important is just having those conversations, especially with people who don't, aren't, aren't affected like we are. Um, and it, I, I have had so many of my white friends that have reached out, like Dustin said, and, and asked how I was doing, how are you feeling? Um, 
and and it's been it's been a lot and i sim i had the similar feeling of just being very numb to everything that's going on and i've had black friends who um are out here as they say being revolutionaries and i i appreciate that but for me it's just there's just so much happening um for me to just be out there trying to be a revolutionary with them and i appreciate their efforts and i say go forth and be great um but there's just so much understanding that i need to have with myself and my journey and my place in this world um not only that but i've had just use uh hayley cochran for example was the very first person to to reach out to me and was just uh explaining that she you know was teaching her children about racism in this country and what it means to be a voice for those who don't have it um and that she was just checking in and that she will continue to you know instill their their privilege um in them but to use it in a way for others um so that was very important to just hear um the heartwarming message that she had and then to have others Brittany green um I think Maddie Sakella has reached out as well, but a ton of people who are close to me, um, who don't look like me, who have just cared about how I was doing, how I was feeling during this time. Adrian has also done the same. And so it's it's just meant a lot. And so, yeah, um, I think it is very important that we have those conversations on the right, in, in the right way, um, so that nothing is lost in translation um nothing overshadows the moment any of that thank and again, you thank all. like adrian thank you thank you thank you thank you um like you all of y'all like the diva dads platform like this is this is therapeutic for me honestly um because there have been some really uncertain certain times and uh like tyler said maddie came over and sang with me like that that she has no idea how, how good that made me feel. And I was, I, they were genuine smiles when we were singing just because we were just happy to be singing with each other. And all of those, these relationships were birthed from the theater company because there's genuine people over there. So I thank y'all so much, you know, and Tyler, thank you. I love Tyler to death. Um, uh, <laughs> and I, that's all I have to say about that. So. <laughs> awesome. We all love you guys too. So 100%. And we're glad we were, had the opportunity, especially in this time, to celebrate everything about you um, from your past, your history, who you are, who you want to be. Um, I love you guys. 100%. You ready to kick us into Yes, we need to go into Dad's After Dark. That's what needs to happen. So we appreciate everyone tuning in this week again. Um, next week, same time, same place. Oh, Who's our guest next week? We already know that, don't we? Maybe. maybe. Okay, maybe, maybe not. It might just be a surprise. I Michelle Green's on standby. Okay. Michelle Campbell Green is on standby. She's ready for us whenever we're ready. Sounds good. Whew. All right, we'll signing off. Good to see y'all. Thank you. See y'all in Dad's After Dark. <laughs>